Welcome to the Darkest Web podcast, in which we go behind the scenes with journalist Peter Green. Peter's been reporting out a series of articles for a partnership between Vice and AMC about how innocent Americans get caught up in shadow economies controlled by ruthless global criminal gangs. AMC's new original drama, McMafia, follows Alex Godman, the son of Russian exiles, as he struggles to escape the shadow of his family's mafia past. In this episode, we talk to Peter about the shady economics and shocking conditions of nail salon workers across the U.S. New York's always been the center of fashion. And the more disposable income people have had in New York, the more they've wanted to spend it on looking good. Over the past 15, 20 years, there's been a huge increase in nail salons. Somebody had to provide supply for this demand. The supply came from Asian immigrants mostly, mostly from Korea, some from China in New York, and the rest of the country, mostly Vietnamese, who opened nail salons. Great business, very little capital is needed. You don't need much heavy equipment. It's not a heavy capital investment business. Very low-skilled workers. They don't need to have much in the way of language skills. There's a basic certification they need that isn't very complicated to get. It's a cash business. People come in, they pay you 20 bucks, 30 bucks for a manicure, they walk out. Great business for immigrants because you don't need deep connections to suppliers and to vendors, and you don't need to set up a whole complex system. What happened was the nail salon started multiplying. Everybody saw an opportunity to make some money running a nail salon. That put pressure on them to cut their costs. That meant they couldn't just hire people who lived in the neighborhood. They had to start bringing in people to work for them, people who would work for below minimum wage. Between the Chinese uh, smuggling gangs that would bring people from China to the U.S. and the nail salon owners grew a great uh, codependence. This became a perfect business for the two of them. They weren't financially connected except to the extent that the nail salons would often provide guaranteed employment for the people the smugglers would bring over. And that meant there was a huge supply of mostly young women with poor skills, no English skills, owing thousands of dollars to the smugglers, willing to work extremely hard, often being promised by the nail salon owners that they were working on their paperwork, often paying so-called legal fees and other fees to the nail salon owners to get them a green card or to get them citizenship, which they somehow believed would magically be bestowed upon them. As these nail salons grew, nobody apparently seemed to pay much attention to what was really going on in them until this one New York Times reporter started looking quite deeply at what exactly is the business here? Why are these people here? How are they working? How are they being protected? Who's paying them? There had been a number of cases where state inspectors had slammed nail salons for underpaying workers. There had been a number of cases where immigration had found illegal immigrants working in nail salons and they'd shut them down. But nobody had really put all the pieces together. New York probably had the highest concentration of nail salons in the country, 2,000 out of an estimated about 17,000 across the U.S., 2,000 in New York City alone. Uh, you can walk down streets, particularly in Queens, uh, parts of Broadway, in Manhattan, where you will see five, ten nail salons in a ten-block stretch. All of them full, all of them charging ever lower prices for a manicure. You can get a manicure in New York now for $20. Used to be $35 15 years ago. The way media and politics works in the United States, anything on the front page of the New York Times automatically makes it to the top of the evening news on local news. Whatever's on the top of the evening news on local news affects the people who are most likely to vote. That means politicians pay attention to it. 
The next day, or within a couple of days, the governor of New York created a nail salon task force to crack down on abuses in these salons. They've so far collected two or three million dollars in back wages owed to workers in these salons. Other cities heard about this article, started investigating their own nail salon businesses. If you wanted to see a textbook example of how an ordinary civilian in the United States is implicated in the world of organized crime, it's probably nail salons. If you're in New York, you're dealing with Chinese immigrants who very often have paid some kind of international Chinese gang to smuggle them directly from Fujian to New York City. If you're in Texas, if you're in Houston, it's probably some Mexican people smuggling cartel wing of a drug gang that has smuggled people from anywhere in Latin America, Central America, up through Mexico and into the United States. It's a little bit different in California where many of the people who work in nail salons are from Vietnam and they have family links to the U.S. Many of them came legally after the end of South, fall of South Vietnam in the 70s at the end of the Vietnam War. But ultimately, you have a shadow economy where people are not necessarily paid what they're owed, where people have all kinds of strange debts to others that are purely a result of the shadow economy, where they may be living in illegal hostels, where they may not be able to get health care through the regular systems because they're just not registered as workers, so they're participating in a gray health care economy using, say, the health care Medicare card of a different person. You have doctors, and they've cracked these rings, where a doctor has had 30 visits in a month by somebody who died three years ago. All those 30 visits were real visits, but they were by people who had no papers, who paid cash, and the doctor was reimbursed the difference by Medicaid. We're listening to Peter Green, who wrote about the real-life exploits of global crime organizations with tentacles that stretch out into our everyday lives. Just like the characters in McMafia, a new series on AMC, we see how mainstream businesses can hide criminal activity in plain sight. You have this vast shadow economy that you can easily touch on if you go into a nail salon that is employing people who may not be in the country legally or that has other kinds of illicit connections going on, and you could be contributing to that illicit economy. Now, you got to ask yourself, is that a bad thing? If you're talking to a young woman who's cleaning your nails, who's just managed to get out of Burma, and she's a Rohingya, and this is how she got out of this horrible situation of this genocide against her people— Maybe that's not such a bad thing. On the other hand, maybe it is a completely exploitative network, and maybe some of these young women, and this has been found to be the case in numerous prosecutions, where the women are being forced to turn tricks for pimps as well as clean nails. There are two things that never cease to astonish me. One is the level of ignorance about how the world works, particularly outside the United States, but even inside this country. And the other thing is the desperation of so many people to improve their lives. And when you put these two things together, you take young women from rural towns in China who live terrible lives where there is very little in the way of economic opportunity, very little in the way of you know, freedom and happiness, very little in the way of a, a future for themselves or their children, and a complete ignorance of how the world really works, that you can't just come into the U.S illegally and expect to get citizenship and hold a great job and go to university and get a degree. You put these two things together and you have a huge supply of people who are willing to give up so much to come here. Sometimes they think, you know, I know it's tough, I know it's illegal, etc., but I know that given a chance in the sunshine, I'm going to flower. Sometimes they think anything is better, even prostitution is better than being stuck in this backwater where I'm going to die. 
Has anything really changed? It's very hard to tell. It's not clear that major smuggling rings have been broken. The code of whatever the Chinese word would be for omerta, of this silence, has not been broken. It's very hard for the government, it's very hard for activists to break down who these gangs are and how to stop them. You know, America is still this country where people think the streets are paved with gold. As long as there is an opportunity for a better life in this country than they have there and an opportunity one way or another to get from there to here, they will keep coming. You've seen these stories about, you know, every week another boat sinks in the Mediterranean, drowning scores of people trying to get from somewhere in North Africa into Europe. And those people are not just coming from Libya. They may be coming from West Africa. There's a boat last week that sank filled with Pakistanis who somehow had gotten from Pakistan to Libya onto a boat to come into Europe. Uh, the desperation of people around this world for a better life means that these scams, these schemes, these plans are going to continue forever. McMafia is a new AMC original drama based on Misha Glennie's groundbreaking study of global organized crime. Tune in for all the shady deals between international criminals, money launderers, and corrupt politicians and their bloody consequences on February 26th on AMC at 10, 9 central. 